If you have a job instead of a career, will you be satisfied tomorrow? But if you develop knowledge and skills, who knows how far you can go? If you're interested in electronics technology, drafting and design, or information technology, call ITT Technical Institute. Classes meet just a few times a week, and financial aid is available to those who qualify. Call ITT Tech now for more information. 800-741-5123. 800-741-5123. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Paranormal Palace Radio, where truth equals reality, and truth is often stranger than fiction. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Palace Radio. This is your host, Royce, the Redneck Radio Man. And joining me tonight is going to be Marilyn Muse, and she's the author of Forgotten Mystics, Lesser Known Out-of-Body Experiences. And me and her is going to talk a little bit about that book and about uh, out-of-body travel from uh, ancient times and uh, as well as present times. And, well, we're going to try to learn a little bit from Marilyn on this, and I'm going to, you know, get her to, you know, introduce herself and tell us a little something about herself so we can kind of get a little bit familiar with her. Marilyn, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you, Royce? Doing fantastic. I'm still kind of full from barbecue, but doing pretty good. I, <laughs> yep, I heard you had I, a good barbecue, too, didn't you? We sure did. <laughs> we did. We celebrated Memorial Day in the, the grand, grand traditional style. Well, let me take a quick minute to apologize to uh, Dominica in the chat room. Well, you and me were talking, God bless her, this is one of my faithful listeners and a very sweet lady. She came in and said, hi, Redneck, and, uh, you know, how long is the show tonight? And I said, one hour, and then I said, uh, hi, difficult. And I meant to say, hi, Dominican. I was, you know, talking and typing at the same time, and I thought it would be nice of me to at least tell her I was sorry that I said that. I didn't mean nothing by it. <laughs> you know, one of those kind of... Uh, Embarrassing moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think one of the things that really attracted to me, to you, is that you've done so much work in spirituality and uh, ancient religions and mythology. Because, and, I mean, you're not just about, you know, out-of-body experiences alone or out-of-body travel alone, but you're also involved in the uh, religion and the mythology that surrounds the phenomena as well. So, you know, you're very well-rounded and probably very well-informed, in other words. So why don't you tell everybody, how did you get started off? What was your motivator that got you interested in this particular line of study and the the books you write? Well, you know, that's a great question because uh, it does go back a long, long way. But, you know, it started out with a vision that I had when I was about nine years old. And... um, it was a very extensive vision where I was told a beautiful experience, the heavens opened, the clouds parted to reveal the marble staircase to the throne of God, and, and I was shown a lot of things about my life at the time, but I was also told that there would come a time when this would return to me, and I had something that um, I needed to do. And so when I was about, I believe it was 22 or so, um, I started having spontaneous out-of-body experiences, and I started journaling about them as well. Um, and what happened over time was I was directed through those experiences um, to collect the ancient sacred texts from all world religions, and I became voracious in my appetite to study those different texts. And um, I think that a lot of us don't realize how many ancient sacred texts there are. Like, uh, just for instance, as a comparison point, you know, in um, Christianity, I'm personally Catholic, and I was led to Catholicism through my mystical experiences. But, um, you know, in uh, Christianity, we have a Holy Bible. Um, In Buddhism, they have what's known as the Pali Canon, which consists over 200 volumes, the size of one of our Bibles. So in every world religion, there are so many interesting and fascinating ancient sacred texts that give you a context for uh, the, the development of spiritual thought from the very beginning of time to present day. 
And one of the interesting things, uh, I, I wrote another book that um, is relevant to what we're talking about called Near-Death and Out-of-Body Experiences of the Prophets, Saints, Mystics, and Sages in World Religions. And the one thing that was uh, basically the, the same case in every single world religion was that it began because of a profound mystical or out-of-body experience. And I think sometimes that we don't realize um, that every great world religion began with a great revelation that happened to these prophets and saints and mystics and sages throughout time. And every one of these, uh, these, these writings that start with the scriptures that uh, you know, encompass each of the world religions but then expand into the writings of those saints and mystics and sages and ascetics of all those traditions you have this line of knowledge from, you know, thousands of years ago, which when put together becomes so much more understandable and so much vaster and um, uh, digestible as a whole. It's almost like God speaking to, you know, God speaking to each one of them and giving them a little part of the mystery of God. And so each one of them contains one of those little parts of that huge mystery we know as God. And so when you put them together, you're getting a greater understanding of who God is. Does that make sense? Right, like everybody got one piece of the puzzle, and they had to actually come together to put this puzzle together to see the whole picture. Very much so. And that's, that was how my journey began. When I started, I started having out-of-body experiences probably around the age of 22, and I, was, I began receiving instruction about reading the ancient sacred text probably about 10 years later. So I went through a lot of formation before that in the mystical realms, and then I started being directed very specifically. I would be told which texts I needed to read and when I needed to read them. And it was um, a very, uh, a very uh, laid-out process for me and um and it you know it led me uh to have a great respect and understanding of of all these religions but it also ultimately led me personally to my own faith which is Catholicism now okay so you're all for religious tolerance then um i absolutely am for religious tolerance i do i, I know that there's a lot of controversial things that we yeah. probably can't you know, <laughs> can't totally uh, address in, in a show of this nature. And there are a lot of things that are um, that are going on. There, you know, there are good aspects to religions and there are bad aspects to religions. So when you talk about religious tolerance, it doesn't mean to allow people to do things that are evil in the name of religion. Right. And so, you know, we have to also deal with history because, as we know, history has um, profound moments uh, in both Christianity and Islam and Judaism, but they also and all the other religions, Buddhism and Hinduism. But if you read those ancient sacred texts, which many of them are very similar to our biblical Old Testament, you're going to find that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of historical times where there were a lot of things that were also just done in the name of God, which were not of God. Right, and it, and it happened in every one of those religions, and so and and some of it happens today, and so we can't we can't say religious tolerance means that we can um, you know excuse evil in the sense of you know doing something in the name of God that is evil or against God, but religious tolerance in in its essence, yes, we we want to we want to try to understand one another and also understand you know, the different paths that people are taking and how those paths can actually complement one another. You know, the interesting thing in my own journey has been that studying the ancient sacred texts of all the world religions, I think, has made me a stronger Catholic in the end, which is what I was led to, um, because I, I understand how I got there, which was by studying every other religion first. <laughs> right. And so... I had to study every other religion first, so um, it made my uh, my faith and my decision very clear in the end. 
because of that that knowledge and, the, and taking the, the years of study to understand what all of them believed and why. But it didn't change. Becoming Catholic did not change the fact that I absolutely adore the writings of you know, these ancient sacred texts from all these world religions. And I think that there's a, there's a, I still read the different religions and I still continue to study them. A lot of the books at my website are comparative religious mysticism. And I noticed I that. I was going to say that if people will go to your website, at, uh, I need to pull that up in front of me. I have it folded up. And I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, no org. I was there myself, and you'll notice she, on the left side in the navigation menu, she has links that if you mouse over them, will give you a drop-down menu, and it covers many different forms of religion, and she has many different texts. And uh, you know, well, she's got a ton of uh, content on her site that would take me a while to go into. In other words, but a very informative site if y'all want to check it out. Anyway, go ahead where you were, and I do apologize. Oh, no problem. I was going to mention too that for those who are interested in, in just, you know, having a chance to take a look at the ancient sacred texts, one of the offerings at our site is, is an encyclopedia of ancient sacred texts. It's a 12-volume encyclopedia called The Voice of the Prophets, Wisdom of the Ages. If you go down to the World Religions tab, it will be the first book under that classification. And you can download those books freely. There's volumes for Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, Sikhism, Islam, Christianity, Native American religion, Baha'i, Islam. I, I don't know if I've covered them all. I've probably missed a few. But anyway, <laughs> they're all in there. And you can do this. Um, one of the things we have at our site is everything is downloadable for free. So you can go to the site and download these things and take a look at some of these texts yourself, get a feel for what the ancient sacred texts are, get comfortable with them, see which ones you resonate with. Um, you know, there's, there's some really beautiful texts out there um, that many of us have never even heard of. And it's, it's just a fascinating, uh, you know, field of discovery. Right. You mentioned a very um, interesting point about resonating. I mean, I've often thought that it's very important that what you're reading really does need to ring true in the very inner core of your being, not just on a surface level. Exactly. And I do believe that, you know, each of us is drawn to certain texts for different reasons. There were so many um, times along my own journey where I was drawn to certain texts that were in various religious paths because they contained like a quality, uh, a virtue, or um, a technique to overcome vice, something like this, wherein it was very um, religion-specific. You know, there's a teaching in Judaism called Lashon Hara in Recluse, which is a very specific teaching in Judaism about gossip and slander. And I remember being very led to reading some of these books from the Talmudic writings about use of proper speech, because it was a period of time where I was relearning how to avoid occasions of, you know, gossip or getting involved in those kinds of situations. And so it was that particular teaching of Lashon Hara from the Jewish Talmud that I was drawn to at that time. And then I, there was a period of time when I was really interested in the unity of the religions, and I was very, very drawn to the writings of Baha'u'llah, who was the founder of the Baha'i faith, because he actually also, in his writings, He's a very profound mystical writer, and he brought all the religions together in a line of continuing re revelation in his writings and in his teachings in the Baha'i faith. And, of course, there's a lot of um, really helpful things, I believe, in the Hindu texts and the Buddhist texts that have to do with detachment and emptiness and learning how to process things on an intellectual level rather than, um, for instance, I'll give you an example. Like um, sometimes when someone is undergoing a major transformation in their soul, perhaps they're trying to change something in their, the way that they're living and, and it's kind of a, a difficult vice or something to overcome, 
if they approach it only from the Christian approach, they might go into guilt and shame. And that might slow them down. Whereas if they utilize some of the techniques of Buddhism and Hinduism, they will actually look at the sin as a fetter or a craving, and they will learn techniques from an, uh, from a more intellectual level wherein they can see the, the, the difficulty that they have as an impediment to their continued spiritual development. And they are able to overcome it with greater ease because of the fact that they are removing the element of guilt and shame and focusing on the fact that it's an impediment and that it's holding them back. And so there's some really fantastic benefits of taking some of the best of these traditions and utilizing them in our spiritual lives. Well, I always did teach everybody that a lot of times it's a matter of, uh, you know, what you're listening, studying, reading, or going through. It's largely yes. a matter of perspective. Yes, yes. And I, I really do believe that we will find, as you were mentioning earlier, that w- at different points in our life we will resonate towards different texts or different resources and different things will speak to us depending on what we're going through at that period of time. And I think that's healthy and I think it's really good. And I think that's part of that bringing together, if you can imagine, and I've seen this in the mystical realms many times, that these these books, these ancient sacred texts, the writings of the prophets, saints, mystics, sages, and, and ascetics in world religions from throughout time um, are just a line of knowledge that leads us higher and higher towards God. And it's every single one of these amazing individuals from throughout time, it's like they left behind the 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 answer to what it was that they had to do to finish up, so to speak, transcend this realm, go into the next realm and make uh, you know, reach God in the next world in whatever whatever tradition they came from. It's like when they leave behind the, that writing, it's like one of the most holy, holy things because they are leaving behind the clues that the rest of us need to understand what it is that we need to do in order to finish up here, in order to do what it is that God put us here to do before we leave. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um I wanted to take a quick minute out, however. Uh, <clears throat> Dominica was sharing something with me that, well, it was so cute and amusing that I wanted to share it real quick. She was sure. uh, put in the chat room that she saw uh, this on a bumper sticker the other day, a Christian bumper sticker. uh says, uh, born again, and a Buddhist one says, born again and again and again. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she put that in there, and I, I thought, "Best guys, I, I just got to share this live for the people that ain't in the chat room." <laughs> but at any rate, yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier, though, I want to go back to, is about all the stuff that's downloadable free from your website. <clears throat> I was wondering why are we making all this material available for free? Well, that's a great question, and I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, about I, I founded the Out of Body Travel Foundation in 2003, and I had a profound vision about two months after I founded the Out of Body Travel Foundation, where I was surrounded in the mystical realms by all the prophets, saints, mystics, sages, and ascetics from all the world religions from throughout time. The Old Testament prophets, Babaji, Paramahamsa, Yogananda, the Hindu prophets, the Buddhist prophets, all of these amazing people, the Jewish ones, um, you know, uh, the Baha'i, the Islamic, everything. And they were all there. And they were filling me with energy to do this task. And they told me at that time that everything had to be available for free. And one of the reasons is because we have people in over 285 countries around the world. And many of these people are very, very poor. And they don't have access to uh, materials. Uh, A lot of them have to go to computer cafes still today in order just to even utilize a computer. Uh, They might make $50 or $100 a year. 
and they're not going to ever be able to purchase any of this kind of material. And the goal of the Out of Body Travel Foundation is to reduce spiritual poverty worldwide. It's in, in line with what Mother Teresa had said when she was here, which was that she felt that spiritual poverty was a greater need than physical poverty. And so we try to fill that need wherever it may be in the world, and we do so in part because I was pretty much had to make an oath to the prophets, saints, mystics, and sages that I would make everything available for free, and they also gave me a very specific and exact profit margin on the books that we have in print, which is a very low um, threshold just to keep things running, because we do we are uh, we are required to rely on God and to be, to believe that God is providing for us, and also that we want to make sure that anybody who wants to access this type of information absolutely can and is not restricted, at least in regard to financial means. We know that some people may not be able to access it due to lack of computer access, but we do the best that we can. <laughs> right. So it's basically because there's such a need for this kind of material on the world is uh, partly where that the, you know, the concept lies. Yes. Well, and and it was just it was a it was a it was a promise that I had to make to them, and they wanted it that way. And it's also simply that um, you know spiritual spiritual enrichment is something that should be given freely if it's at all possible. <laughs> yeah, I, I would mean? tend to agree with you because it was uh, more readily available freely. Well, then naturally it could do more good because it could reach more people. I mean. Look at the Bible, what it does, and it's not free. Oh, okay, well, sometimes it depends on where you're getting it from, but you get the uh, kind of consensus I'm getting at there. Right. And now, now you can download the Bible online for free, as well as a lot of other ancient sacred texts, and so that's really fantastic. And, you know, the Internet is making possible for all of us to um, have access to things that we didn't used to have. Um, uh I know, like, uh, in relation to uh, the forgotten mystics in world religions, I wanted to mention them because um, they're, you know, you're talking about out-of-body travel past and present. And um, there are so many mystics who have writings that are still in existence that many of us have never even heard of. This and they're, they're, they are so fascinating and the the information contained within them is so important. Um, and of course, I, you can probably guess that you know every book that I write is a book that is to, I'm told to write in a mystical experience. And um, Forgotten Mystics is just like the rest of them. So I was much like the prophets of old wrote theirs in a same way. Well, uh, I wouldn't call myself a prophet by any means. But, oh, no, I wasn't but I, saying I, that. I'm just saying uh, similar facts. But I definitely am instructed as to what to do. And it's very uh, fascinating because there's so many of these. I'd like to mention a few of them that people probably have never heard of. And I'll just mention a few and give you a little bit of info about them so that you can get a sense of what we're missing. Because <laughs> okay. we are really missing quite a bit. Um, for instance... A. Farnese, he lived in the 1800s, wrote a book called A Wanderer in the Spirit Lands. This is a fascinating out-of-body travel journey that this man took into the lowest hell realms, where, wherein he watched and spoke about the process of a soul purifying itself to go into higher and higher states and the process of redemption and forgiveness. It's a fascinating text that no one has ever heard of. <laughs> Reverend John McGowan lived in the 1600s, and he wrote a fascinating book called The Dialogues of the Devils. And he was given a, a very interesting mystical gift in that he was allowed to see into hell and listen to what the, the demons might say. Mm -hmm. And it's a fascinating treatise because he just writes down, it's very much, uh, it's not that different from the screw tape letters in the idea, but it's very different in the sense of it makes you so much more aware of how does the dark side tempt us, 
work on us unconsciously, etc. Then there's another one that I wanted to mention because I just love this one. It's Saeed Uddin Mahmoud Shabistari. And he's a forgotten Islamic mystic. And he was an, a beautiful Sufi poet, very much in the tradition of Rumi. And there are so many Afghan poets that were very much like Rumi, and most people have forgotten them. And they have these beautiful works that we can still, you know, touch into. Um, and that's just a, you know, that's just a touching on to a um, small the, sampling. Yeah, there are so many beautiful, beautiful writings that are forgotten, and so many beautiful elements of that that tradition of truth, that tradition of revelation, you know, because we look at these mystics as being uh, God's voice, you know, the way that God spoke through these different people with different gifts. And these forgotten mystics are part of that puzzle too. So, you know, when you, you don't want to miss out on these really, really beautiful gems that are still available to us, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know exactly what you're saying. I mean, you know, a lot of people, because this here, what you're uh, describing has been going on for thousands of years. A lot of people uh, you talk to today would not be able to tell you who Thomas was or, or they even knew Thomas from the Bible, never knew he had his own gospel, for example. Well, you know, that's a fascinating point because did you know that all 12 of the apostles not only have their own gospel, but they also had their own apocalypse. Yes, I'm aware of that. Every single one of them wrote an apocalypse. And we have the book of Revelation of St. John, which is fantastic. But when you look at the apocryphal texts, which are included in the writings of the early church fathers, they, they contain these fascinating visions and journeys that all of the apostles took to heaven and hell, and they contain within them so much information that we really need. There is um, a fascinating um, text that was actually very popular in the early church called the Pastor of Hermas. And in the first 300 years of the uh, early Christian church, the Pastor of Hermas was held at the same level that the Book of Revelation is now held to modern Christians. And this is another beautiful uh, revelatory, um, profound vision, and it's very lengthy, um, and it's about the pastor of Hermes, who is a pastor who goes into the heavens and the purgatories and the hells, and, and he brings all this information back, and it's just a beautifully written text. Is that by any chance spelled H-E-R-M-E-S, Hermes? H-E-R-M-A-S. A-S. So it's nothing yeah. to do with uh, the thrice great. Hermes. No, 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 no. But you know. You knew what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why? Because the divine primander of Hermes is such a fascinating text. And this is one of the things, when you're talking about out-of-body travel past and present, um, it goes into going back to the writings of Hermes, going back to the ancient writings in Egypt, uh, which goes back 5,000 or so years, the writings that we have. And you compare these writings of the mystics of that time, those who had these out-of-body experiences then and all the way through medieval times until now, it's fascinating to see the similarities. One of the other things that's fascinating is that no matter what religious tradition a mystic comes from, they may have some experiences that are going to be relevant to the doctrine or the dogma that they may follow. But once they enter into that mystical realm and they have out-of-body experiences, they all seem to agree on uh, a lot of very similar points. They have similar experiences. And you, if you go back to the divine Pinander, there is not much that can really conflict with modern-day Christianity and the, the mystical experiences um, that are in, represented in the New Testament, um, the mystical experiences that are represented even in these apocryphal books with these uh, other apostles. And the other fascinating thing about that is the same is true with the Buddhist texts, with the Hindu texts, 
when when you go to the writings of the mystics, the mystics are very uniquely similar. Right. Uh, I, I think it's very interesting that the Sufi mystics and the Christian mystics are almost identical. When you read their writings, you would think that they were coming from the same tradition. And there's so much conflict between, you know, Christianity and Islam, but yet at the same time when you go to the mystics of those religions, they're so similar. True. And I'll tell you what, even between uh, Christianity and Buddhism, there's books on the market today. You can get them at Barnes & Noble that will actually show scriptures compared to the New Testament and the words of Jesus uh, and the words of Buddha, and they sound like almost the exact same teaching. Very true. Now, there are differences, but the, but, the, but the fascinating thing is that those differences seem to um, really fade in importance to the mystics. And I, and I don't know how to put that properly, so I'll try. But as someone who has had a lot of mystical experiences myself, what you find is that things that appear to contradict uh, you know, contradict one another when you're on the ground in the earth oftentimes make perfect sense when you enter into the mystical realms and don't contradict one another at all. Because I think one of the things that we forget is how huge God is. And we think that our small little minds are, you know, are going to comprehend that, uh, that hugeness, that vastness, but that's not really possible in this, in this, you know, in this vehicle, this vessel that we have. And, and they, the, there are so many um, things that we think are contradictory, but they really are not when you, when you investigate it on a higher level and when you experience it in the out-of-body travel state or the mystical state. It's also, I think a lot of it goes back to the fact that even the Apostle Paul used to uh, get on to the uh, other uh, apostles and uh, also his uh, you know, readers about... Uh, you know, the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law. Very much so, yes. Very that much kind so. of legalization, also, everything has to be done to the letter of the law, uh, cause some things to look contradictory that if you looked at them from a spiritual standpoint, were actually in agreement because it was the principle that it was talking about and not the actual wording itself. Very true. And, you know, it was also the Apostle Paul who said in the New Testament speaking about a person he had known who had had a mystical vision, uh-huh. used the words, whether in the body or out of, out the, of the body, body I don't not know. Tell. <laughs> yes, now a lot of people have trouble with that terminology, out of body travel, and they're much more comfortable with mysticism, but it's the same thing. And that's part of the reason why we kind of chose to go in the direction of out of body travel, because it was important to help people to realize that they are the same thing and that this is the universal experience that has launched every world religion, major and minor, throughout history. The one thing that is the catalyst for every single one was a profound out-of-body experience. Exactly. In fact, you was really touching on a couple of things that I was holding back on you kind of in surprise <laughs> one of them being what the apostle paul said because see I'm, i was raised in a pentecostal and a fundamentalist um i'm down here in the bible belt you know uh and i'm i'm aware of the fact that a lot of fundamentalists think it's sinful to have an out-of-body experience and you're opening yourself up to demons and all and they don't understand they you know it, it's it's a, a false doctrine that was i don't think deliberately taught you know what i'm saying if they were to actually read their Bible, they would see the verse you were just quoting, and they would also see where the the same Apostle Paul said, to be out of the body is to be with the Lord. Exactly. And he also well, you know, said the, that... The interesting thing about that, with the, with the uh, a Protestant, Pentecostal, fundamentalist, first of all, I completely respect that view because I respect everyone's views and I understand why they believe that because there is... There is um, there is danger in the spiritual world. We have books on spiritual warfare and the different types of things that you can run into, the problems you can have. Some people should not and should not should not pursue these kinds of experiences and and probably should stay away from them because of different temperaments and things like this. And but but at the same time, 
in that in those movements they they there is more of a an acceptance of other gifts of the Holy Spirit, the gift of tongues, the gift of uh uh slaying in the spirit, things like that. And what they need to realize is that mysticism, out-of-body travel, is just another one of those gifts of the Holy Spirit. Right. And and I believe that in Catholicism, you know, that we have a long tradition of mystics. So mysticism is more accepted in the Catholic tradition, but at the same time, I think it's more of where the emphasis is placed on the individual's path. So in some of these Protestant paths, they do have more emphasis on some of the other gifts, and um you know, and frankly, most Catholics are not putting a lot of emphasis on the mystical gift, even though it is in Catholicism where mystical theology, you know, can be found and was really, really uh, formed and developed and, uh, you know, by a lot of great mystics like uh, St. John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Therese of Lisieux, those are the Carmelites who began that uh mystical way, but there are so many others, uh, St. Catherine of Siena, but these, you know, these mystical traditions truly go throughout all religions and all faiths. I know that um, I've read uh, some various books, I believe one of them was called Caught Up into Paradise, it was about a a near-death experience of a Pentecostal man, and so, you know, they're not, these are not unheard of experiences for those who are outside of, you know, in, in evangelical, fundamentalism, right. Protestant faith either. So they, these happen, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I think you make some very valid points with that. And I'm kind of getting from this here that, uh, you know, basically it's good to do the out-of-body experience, but it, as with anything else, you want to take uh, everything into account and uh, and approach it with wisdom, uh, temper it with wisdom. Very well said. And, you know, one of the resources that is available on our website for free that I highly recommend for anybody who's interested in um, mysticism is reading um, under, we have, a, we have a section on mystical theology, and we've included some of the greatest mystical theologians, of not only Catholicism but Protestantism, and also some, you know, Buddhist texts, um, other things that are mystical theology, but uh, one of the best texts, in my own particular opinion, is written by Father Adolf Tanqueray. It's called The Spiritual Life, and it's a treatise on mystical and aesthetical theology. And I really think that that particular text is of great help to anyone because it, it provides you with the uh, boundaries that you want to follow and be aware of in the mystical life so that you can avoid deception, self-deception, or anything like that, and um, follow a safe path towards God. And it's a beautifully written uh, treatise, and you can download that for free as well on our website at outofbodytravel.org. Now, you're quoting an awful lot of books here, so I can't help but ask, <laughs> how many of these books do you have available on your website? Well, all of the books that I've written, and I've written over 50 books, and we have over 40 magazines, are all available for free download. We also have um, all of my CDs. I have a lot of uh, liturgical CDs, and I also have CDs of music that I wrote um, and produced um, that I had heard in out-of-body experiences that I had myself. So I received the music in these mystical experiences, and I wrote them down, and we have a set of five CDs that contain all of that. We also have some of the artwork that I tried to do of the things that I saw in the out-of-body experiences that I had. We also have a whole slew of resources. Under the mystical theology section, you're going to find some of the greatest mystics of the world, and you're going to be able to download their materials. We have video resources to learn more about those mystics and um, what their message was, what their purpose was. We also have... Uh, sections on um, science and research, which has just about every area you might want to look into, out-of-body experiences, near-death experiences, the the study of reincarnation, um, remote viewing, um, all of these things, and much, much more. There's so much there. We have a section where you can watch a lot of the movies that were done of lives of some of the saints, um, some of the... uh, Old Testament and New Testament movies. 
We have um, the life of the Buddha is included. We have a section on the website that's called Sacred Chant and Recitation, which is one of my favorite things because it goes into each religion. There's a page for every one of the religions, and every one of these pages contains, um, first of all, recitations of their sacred scripture, which in my own personal opinion is one of the most beautiful things in the world. <laughs> and But it also has information about some of the great saints of those religions as well as uh, great video videos teaching you about what those religions believe and about the lives of the prophets that founded those faiths. And so you get a real um, an opportunity to really uh, immerse yourself in understanding and also just immerse yourself in the beauty of these individual paths. There is so much beauty um, that many of us are not aware of within uh, some of the other religious paths that might be different from our own. And it's just uh, an awe-inspiring experience to, first of all, here we have on our site the Islamic call to prayer. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, you can hear it right on the site. You can hear the recitation of the Quran, um, and it's done in Arabic and this beautiful singing, as well as the, uh, the recitations of the Baha'i scriptures, the writings of Baha'u'llah, who is one of my favorite mystics. He was a profound, profound, beautiful writer of mystical things. He wrote a book called The Seven Valleys and the Four Valleys, which was very similar to what St. Teresa of Avila was trying to accomplish with the interior castle, with the seven mansions. He's talking about the same mystical path, but it's a completely different religion and faith. Um, when you go to Buddhism, you're going to hear the recitation of this, this beautiful Buddhist prayer called the Om Mani Padme Hum. And it is just one of the most beautiful things you will ever hear in this world. And, and so there's a lot of uh, wonderful things that you can explore all over the site. We do have also, uh, we have a section called Out of Body Travel TV, which has a ton of channels. Many of them are on Catholic traditions, things like the uh, Holy Rosary, the Way of the Cross, the Chaplet of the Divine Mercy, Catholic exorcism, um, and that's a very fascinating subject and a lot of stuff to um, consider there and, and study and explore. Um, there's all kinds of stuff there regarding uh, locations in the Catholic Church, um, the, in, so many issues there. There's so many things. There's a page on uh, uh, the issue of life. There's a page on the issue of war and some of the things that we, we might want to consider in our understanding, trying to understand both sides of the equation, the fact that everybody involved in a war is a human being and that regardless of which side is right or wrong, everybody gets hurt. <laughs> and, that so, is true. Yes, and so there, there's there's a lot of a lot of resources, and they're all downloadable for free. So everybody, anyone can go there and just explore and find what they resonate with. Um, one of the mystics I want to mention that a lot of people have uh, kind of forgotten. He's included in the forgotten mystics is Emanuel Swedenborg, and I include him because I also included him on the mystical theology page. You can read two of his greatest works, and he has a ton of really fantastic works, but two of his greatest works were Heaven and Hell and a book called Marital Love. And Heaven and Hell is this fascinating, fascinating uh, writing because Emanuel Swedenborg was a profound mystic, 1600s is when he was around, and there is actually a um, sect of Protestantism called Swedenborgianism, but it's not a real prominent um, denomination. But his books are available anywhere. Um, but they're fascinating because Emanuel Swedenborg was a man who would have these profoundly vivid mystical experiences wherein he would speak to people and spirits in, the, um, in heaven and hell and in everywhere in between, and he would speak to the angels and they would explain to him how, do, how did these people get here and why did they get here. And it, it's fascinating. It's, it's unprecedented, basically, 
in the world of mystical literature, he was one of the most profound mystics in history. And Marital Love is a fascinating text because, again, in the lines of what we were talking about earlier, about how sometimes there's a particular resource that's available to uh, that, that discusses a certain issue, like I mentioned before, Lashon Hara in Judaism, which is about gossip and slander. In Marital Love, it's one of the very few texts, and I don't even know if there's any other text, um, anything like it, wherein he has these profound mystical experiences regarding marriage and the marital bond and what maintains it, what breaks it, what makes it spiritual, what makes it worldly. It's it's one of the most um, fascinating writings of a mystic in the world because it's basically one of a kind. It goes into all of the issues of relationship that I think many people want to know about. What makes a relationship eternal versus what makes a relationship um, dysfunctional? Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it <clears throat> sounds like it's very much needed material. I mean, you got people going to AA. you got them going to uh, group therapy of this type or that type. Some people are in rehab and... Uh, a lot of these people, I think, ought to, uh, might have better results if they were to, say, supplement what they were doing in these other places with uh, some of these texts that you're describing. It really is a good idea to do that because we forget that there is a spiritual component to every aspect of our lives. And so it's, it's, it's helpful and sometimes just profoundly helpful to deal with that spiritual component, you know, because there is an underlying spiritual reality that that surrounds each and every one of us, whether we're aware of it or not. And what these great writings of the mystics do for all of us, whether they're the ones that everyone's heard of or the forgotten ones, and a lot of the forgotten ones I'm bringing up, is that they all bring to our awareness the, the underlying spiritual reality that is motivating us in our relationships, in our lives, in our addictions, in our, um, in our virtues, in our vices. And, and you know, sometimes we have, to, uh, we have to take it to that level. And, in fact, I, you know, personally, I think that's, you know, that's the first place I go. Um, but we don't want to, you know, neglect the, the important aspect of, you know, psychological help and all these other things too because they all they all work together but I think a lot of times in our modern world people forget that the the spiritual part of it is an, an essential part of it and if we miss that part we might not be you know we may not make as much progress as we would hope or as we would if we would consider both the spiritual component along with its mind body spirit soul you know so along with the psychological, the physical um, circumstances and all those things, it changes everything when we do that. Which I'm sure that uh, I know that a lot of the ancient mystics, uh, some of them, what they had to do is like I I heard that the Apostle Paul at one point had actually become a recluse for a, a certain point in time while he was getting all of these lined up. Absolutely, and you know, one of the things uh, one of the things we do have on our website for free download is a really, really a gem of a forgotten resource, <laughs> which is called the Philokalia. You know, and a lot of people are aware of the writings of the early church fathers, but they don't know that there was actually also another set of writings which were done by the early desert fathers. And that is the writings of the Philokalia. And the Philokalia is studied more in the Orthodox traditions, you know, in Europe and other countries. Um, but the Philokalia is the writings of these desert mystics who literally went into the desert and lived in caves and had some of the most profound realizations because of that seclusion that they chose to undertake. And the, it's a, the writings of the Philokalia, we have four volumes of it in English. You can download them at the site there under Mystical Theology. Um, but they are some of the most 
profoundly life-transforming writings because of the fact that these people chose to be in such seclusion for such a long time that they really did, um, you know, they purified themselves before the Lord in such a way uh, that you can, you know, you can take a paragraph out of this, out of these books, and you know, contemplate it for days. You know, it's just such a beautiful. It's a collection of writings, just like the early church fathers, just like the biblical texts. So you're going to have, I'll pull it off my shelf here. You're going to have writings from a whole bunch of different saints on different subjects, like on spiritual knowledge, on the inner nature of things. So you have Nicodemus Dithitos, you have St. Gregory of Sinai, um, St. Gregory Palamas. Um, this is all from Volume 4. Going back to Volume 1, you have St. Hatios, the priest, St. Mark, the ascetic, St. John Cassian, Evagrios, the solitary, and every one of them they write on different subjects, like um, St. Evagrios, the solitary, has a treatise on prayer, and St. John Cassian has a treatise on the eight vices. Um, St. Mark, the ascetic, has a, a treatise on no righteousness by works. So there's a good, a good text to read if you're contemplating the difference between Catholicism and Protestantism. And... Um, St. Nilos, the ascetic, ascetic discourses, um, and they go on, on spiritual knowledge. Uh, and they, they are very, very deeply written. And a lot of people have forgotten that these existed as well. Um, but these were written about the same time as the writings of the early church fathers. But it was the, there were the two lines. There was St. Paul, who began the Roman Catholic line, and there was St. James, who began what eventually became more of the orthodox path. And so, you know, during this historical period, some of the things that were treasures to truly all of Christianity were, you know, portioned off, not by any intention, but by accident and by the accident of time and forgetfulness. And we forget that these beautiful jewels still exist. Right. Now, we've got eight minutes remaining and real quick, like I wanted to remind everybody, my next show is going to be Saturday at 1. And I'm going to be talking to Christopher Dunn, and he's the author of the Giza Power Plant. And we're going to talk about why he, um, you know, his findings seem to show to him that the uh, Pyramid of Giza was a, uh, or Giza was a actual physical power plant. And he's done a lot of research on that. And before we get out of here, I also wanted to, asked the question that's in the chat room from Amara, and she wants okay. to know if um, you can use astral travel to see into someone's past life. Absolutely. Um, one of the books um, that I wrote um, that I would recommend if you're interested in this area is called The Mysteries of Redemption, a treatise on out-of-body travel and mysticism. And again, you can go to outofbodytravel.org to uh, get there. It's under out-of-body travel books. And um, you can download it either as one big book or you can download it in five volumes because it's very large. But absolutely, in fact, part of what happened to me in my own journeying was that I began to go into my own past lives and to the past lives of others, um, but primarily my own, so that I could see the patterns in my various lifetimes and start realizing the things that I needed to change. So it can be, yes, a very, very powerful a uh, very, very powerful thing that you can experience is to uh, go back. Uh, when you go into these experiences, you actually go through a tunnel and you drop into It's a tunnel with a light at the end. It's very similar to the one that people describe in near-death experiences, but it's, uh, it's not the same one. And there's a lot of different tunnels and corridors that you use in the mystical realms to experience different things. But you'll actually be dropped right into this other point in time, this past life, and experience it as if you're actually, uh, you know, there again. And very powerful, very powerful thing, and, and it's written about in great detail in the mysteries of the redemption. And then what you're describing to me uh, brings back to my memory when I read the uh, Emerald Ta uh, Tablets of Toth. He mm -hmm. described various corridors as well, 
there in those tablets. That's right. He did, and um, very much the same experience that I had. Um, if you if you are interested in a lot of that stuff, I wrote about a lot of these corridors and a lot of these things in the portion of the book called The Initiations into the Mysteries and the Rites of Passage, which um, is in the Mysteries of the Redemption. And it explains a lot of these, these different corridors and things that you travel through um, to get to different types of experiences. You know, you have you have like these reincarnation things where you experience past lives, but you also have different corridors that you take when you're going to higher realms. There are different corridors that you take when you're going to lower realms. There are different corridors that you take when you're going to actual astral realms because astral realms are really only the, the realms that overlap the physical reality. Third dimensional reality is where we are. Astral realms is fourth dimensional reality. So astral travel is actually, even though a lot of people use those words interchangeably, it's actually different than out-of-body travel because astral travel would only include fourth realm travel. Um, out-of-body travel, you can, you can be going just about anywhere. So there's a little bit of a, just a misunderstanding in, in that particular term. But there are different t- um, tunnels and corridors to, uh, like, even being initiated into the mysteries. There's um, a whole section on that in the Mysteries of the Redemption. And you can download that at outofbodytravel.org and take a look. Fantastic. And i got to tell you, I've long been uh, wanting to do my own out-of-body travel. However, for right now, We've got four minutes remaining, and one of the things I wanted to do was thank you for coming on my show because I'd I'd like to have you back again. You've been a very interesting guest. (laughs) Thank you, and you're very welcome. And speaking along the lines of wanting to learn how to have your own experiences, there are two books that I'd like to recommend that are on our website as well. Um, Come to Wisdom's Door, How to Have an Out-of-Body Experience, and Out-of-Body Experiences, What You Need to Know. They're both under the tab How-To Books, on the homepage of outofbodytravel.org, and both, of course, downloadable for free. Fantastic. I'm going to look into that. Okay. And also, I wanted to ask you if you had any last-minute thoughts. Uh, just thank you also for having me on your show. It's been really fun. I think what's exciting is to have the opportunity to give voice to a lot of these mystics who've been forgotten. And again, you know, Forgotten Mystics is available on our website as well. But um, these, these, it, it, I feel it's so important that we don't forget that these, these forgotten mystics contain within them wisdom and information that we might want to know about. We might not want to forget them. You know what I'm saying? And so the, the opportunity to still glean from the experiences that they had, which were so profound, is, is just really, in my view, a very important thing. Right. And I think you're doing a fantastic thing and a wonderful job at it. And I'm all for getting spiritual material out in the world for people to see because I, well, we've got a lot of things going on in the world, and I think spiritual uh, teaching would go a long way to help. <laughs> I think so, too. I think so, too. <laughs> so, uh, again, we got like two minutes remaining. I want to thank everybody for coming and listening and, you know, taking a part in the show and, you know, I know I couldn't have a show without my listeners anymore, and I could have a show without my guests unless I just wanted to, I don't know, call in, log into the administration panel and just talk to the air, but I think I'd get pretty bored with that pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and maybe uh, just a reminder of uh, the, the website is outofbodytravel.org in case anyone's missed that. And they, everything that we've talked about, they can find stuff on it there. Right. And also, you know, even those, does uh, have some books available on Amazon that are for sale. But I think you said the same ones are also available on your site for free as well. Or did I misunderstand? For free download. For free download. And right. you can buy for them in print if you'd like. So, as or you well. can buy the, hard, at, uh, the uh, paperback or, or whatever at uh, Amazon if you'd like to have it for your bookshelf. Right. And we do have them on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and every online retailer. And we also have them in hardcover, and that's uh, something you can look up at the website. We also have audio books, um, so you can check that out if you prefer those. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of resources, Kindle, Kindle books. They're all on, available on Kindle as well. 
And so whatever whatever uh, means that works for each of you, you can use that. And, um, you know, the other thing I just wanted to mention as well is under science and research on our site, we do have the um, non-canonical texts. Many of these texts we've been talking about are available for free download right there. So you go to a regular library down there. Yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much, and I really do appreciate that. And I, I'm going to keep pointing people at your side. I think it's just fantastic. And, you know, if you got something else you want to share with me on my show or share with my listeners, you got my email. Save it. Please feel free to, you know, get in touch with me. I'll probably touch bases with you further down the road and see if you got anything going on. Okay, that sounds great. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good night. You too. Thank you, Royce. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.